is the Southeasterner Podcast. I'm now joined by Morgan Moriarty, friend of the show, and a returning guest. I always like to get people back on. And uh, Morgan is a writes about the SEC for FanBuzz.com, Cox Media Group, also, and is just a great follow uh, on Twitter. If you don't know her, Morgan, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I mean, I get to talk about football as a job, so how can I complain? Truly. Uh, but we're going to talk about Georgia, and, and you're a Florida alum, and I, I told you this off air, but I want to be honest with the people who listen to the show. I like them. Um, I truly have not found uh, somebody who covers Georgia that I really enjoy interviewing. I'm sure there's somebody out there, uh, but I haven't found them <laughs> yet, and, and uh, I, I like your view of things since you know I've talked to you in the past. I thought this would be good, I'm talking about Georgia, and also... Uh, this too, and I told you this, um, I think the people who are covering Georgia really have a, kind of a bright view of this team, and I don't really see it. And so I want to get a third-party opinion that's not like a Georgia fan, not somebody who's going to have that uh, biased opinion. So see if you agree with me. But right off the top, we'll talk about Georgia ditches Mark Richt. For Kirby Smart, in my view, it's a little greedy is, is how I saw it. I mean, he's a, he's a 10-win-a-season coach, 10-9 wins, and they ditch him for a guy who has never coached, been a head coach at any school. And so what did you think of, of that hire? I think at first when it happened, in terms of Rick being let go, um, I was shocked because the amount of nine, 10-win seasons that Athens had had with Rick there was unbelievable this guy had a 73.98 win percentage I mean that's unheard of to let a guy go but the other side of it I kind of felt where they were going in terms of wanting a different direction because keep in mind I mean in terms of SEC title game appearances 2012 was the last time they were there granted I think they should have won that game against Alabama had Aaron Murray's pass not been tipped on the goal line. Um, but the last time they won an SEC title before then was in 05. So, yes, you're getting 10 win seasons, but, you know, you're not really competing for SEC championships. Um, and then you have the opportunity to get a guy. Oh, he doesn't have head coaching experience and Kirby Smart, but he's been with Nick Saban for, I think he was with him for five, six seasons, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I mean, it, it was a good hire, and, and as far as Rick's concerned, I mean, he ended up in probably the best possible case scenario for him landing in, in Miami. Um, but, I mean, I, I kind of get where Georgia was in, in terms of, you know, kind of just being along in the SCE, not really winning SEC titles, so... I, I can't fault them that much for wanting a change in direction. Um, you're right. The ceiling for the Georgia team is incredibly high for a first-year head coach. Um, and looking at their schedule, I mean, they open with UNC. That's not a cakewalk by any means. Um, and then they have road games against Ole Miss. Their home schedule is actually pretty good. I mean, they get Tennessee at home. 
Um, they go on the road to Missouri, which is, you know, Missouri is not going to be that good this year. But I, I think it's interesting how hyped up this Georgia team is. I feel the exact same way, and I don't understand because running down this depth chart, they lost a bunch of people on both sides of the ball. Uh, and then they have a quarterback right. that's not really dynamic. Their two two running backs are both up in the air status-wise currently. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and I mean, Nick Chubb, the extent of that injury, I mean, it's an injury that, ha- that has ended guys' careers in, in the past. You know, it's similar, you think of like Marcus Lattimore, a guy like that where he never recovered. Right. That's possible, and you, you know, you don't want to wish that on that kid at all. Hopefully he comes back 100%. But it's very possible. And Sony Michelle broke his arm, but then Curry Smart gets up at SC Media Days and says he could be out for the season. Uh, I don't know if he's just saying that to kind of divert the attention of the coaches he has to face or something. But uh, looking at this roster, yeah, it doesn't seem great. And, and so you agree with me there? Absolutely. I think that some of the positivity, especially around the offensive side of things, we have to. I knew we were going to talk about him um, when you told me that we'd be talking about Georgia. Is Jacob Easton? Obviously, yep. Kirby Smart hasn't named a starting quarterback. Um, I, I don't think that he's doing that to kind of sit on, you know, the story. I really think that there just hasn't been that much separation between Easton and Grayson Lambert. I mean, people are talking about Easton, obviously. He's an incredibly talented recruit. He was a five-star for a reason. I think Smart got really lucky that he decided to stick with Georgia even after Rick left. But, I mean, keep in mind, Grayson Lambert started every single game last season, with the exception being the Florida game, um, where our our friend Patone Bouta started that game. Um, He's no longer in Athens, unfortunately. Because I love saying his name. Um, but Lambert has experience, and he came from Virginia before he transferred to Georgia. So, I mean, I, I really just think at this point there's probably not enough separation between the two to name a starter. And when you're looking ahead at the season opener against North Carolina, you're going in with you don't know who you have at quarterback, and your running backs are, are both – injured at this point so again I mean I I get that Jacob Eason is really talented and they've got some good you know wide receivers coming back Jeb Blazevich is really talented tight end um but I just you know I, I just I don't see really the overwhelming optimism that a lot of people around Georgia are seeing yeah totally and the thing with the Freshman quarterback, I'm sure Jacob Eason's going to be a, a champion. He he looks, given time to develop, he'll be fine. But the, right. the switch from high school ball to the SEC, not just college football. You know, you're not going to D2. You're going to the top of the top uh, in college football. The speed of the game, the style of the game, everything about it is different. And, and truly, I don't know that I've seen a true, true freshman quarterback really succeed I guess you uh you had the kid at at UCLA last year I can't think of his name uh right and he was probably the last one I can think of but in the the SEC truly Josh Rosen Josh Rosen that was the guy at UCLA uh he was pretty good but other than that in the uh SEC I truly can't think of one I mean you had didn't Alabama last year they tried to start like 
Blake Barnett in one game, and he just got eaten alive. Is Am I thinking of that? Right. Right? I think. It's so different. Yeah. I mean, it's a totally different game, and I think they will be fine, especially if they get Nick Chubb back. They'll, like, all they really have to have is a quarterback who can hand the ball off if Nick Chubb comes back 100%. <laughs> right. Uh, and like you said, Jeb Je Blazevich is uh, a good tight end. And the wide receivers, Reggie Davis is good, Isaiah McKenzie, Terry Godwin, all these guys. Uh, but then looking at the the defense, they lose a huge part of the defense that already it was okay, but not great. And now they have uh, their coordinator. It's It was Jerry Pruitt. It's, um, uh, wow, it's totally slipping by me who their defensive coordinator is. Uh because Pruitt went to Alabama. Who fought, who went with Kirby Smart? I'm going to have to cut this out. Um, I can't find it either. Wow. Horrible on both of our ends. <laughs> I didn't even think about looking that up. Uh, Georgia people who are listening to this are probably going to be like, who are these people? <laughs> we have no idea what we're talking about. Mel Tucker. Sorry, but that's Kirby who it Smart is. Kirby Smart is basically the defense coordinator. Let's just go with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, defensive coordinator. And Mel Tucker, I mean, it, you have a new system coming in, a big turnover. Like, this defense, I, I can't imagine. And that's such a huge part of this team. And uh, do you see them taking a, a step back in this coming season in the defensive end? Um, everywhere except the secondary. They get a ton of guys back on that end of the ball. Um, but yeah, the linebacking core and along the defensive line, there's really not that much experience there. Um, and then you have Jonathan Ledbetter suspended for, um, I think it's two games at this point, but it could be more. So, um, I do think they're going to take a step back, especially when you lose a guy like Jeremy Pruitt, who's of course now at Alabama. Um, I think no disrespect to Mel Tucker, but, you're, you're kind of downgrading in terms of, of coordinators when you lose a guy as talented as Jeremy Pruitt. So, yeah, I think they take a step back. Um, but looking at their schedule on that note, I mean, the real only offenses that I can see on their schedule that stand out to me is Ole Miss, Tennessee, obviously, uh, other than that, I mean, Georgia Tech going up against triple options always tough. So they might be okay defensively just because of who they play. Um, but definitely I agree with you with, with the step back in, in terms of they only return five guys and they're all in the secondary. And you touched on it there. The next place I wanted to go was this schedule. All things considered, I think they're looking – at like a four-loss season at worst, even with taking the step back. Because I guess North Carolina, you'd think they would win, right? North Carolina, mostly. I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know. I Who does North Carolina have at quarterback it. coming back? That's I think that's huge in that game. Yeah, it, that's true. Um, their defense is really, really good. Um, yeah, they have Gene They Chizik. were like the most improved defensive unit um, last season. The run defense, though, is questionable. But the other side of that is if Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle are out, who are you going to hand the ball off to? So I think that game's really interesting. And it's obviously a neutral site game in Atlanta. Neutral site, I use that in air quotes. 
Um, I think that's going to be big. And a lot of people are going to be watching that just in terms of, okay, Kirby Smart, you know, you're one of the big name off-season hires. Show us, you know, what you've been able to do in six, seven months um, in, in a big game like the Chick-fil-A kickoff that they're in. The rest of their schedule, um, like I said, I mean, it, it looks okay. They get Tennessee at home. They go on the road to Missouri. Missouri's not going to be very good. At Ole Miss, is, we can chalk that up to a loss now probably, unless you disagree. Yeah. No, I, I think I would 100% agree there. Add South Carolina the win. Bandy's a win. Florida, I mean. Who, who knows? I don't know. I think that's a giant question mark for now because who knows what this Florida team will look like. They got killed by Florida last year, somehow 27-3. to um, And then at Kentucky, Auburn, Lafayette, and Georgia Tech. So, I mean – I think some of those games just depend. Yeah, because so. like a game like Auburn, that's really just a total toss-up. I think Tennessee also, uh, Tennessee I think will be a, a far superior team, but mm-hmm. it's, it's Georgia. You never know. I mean, in, in years past, Tennessee's been the superior team, and they lose to not just Georgia, <laughs> but a bunch of other people. Yeah, that's uh, kind of a common <laughs> theme in Knoxville. No offense <laughs> to uh, Absolutely not. But, uh, uh, yeah, Auburn, Tennessee, I think those are total toss-ups. And, and then Ole Miss is a loss. But, like, in terms of sure losses, there's it's Ole Miss. I think that's pretty much right. it and everybody else. I think we'll see after week one, like, if North Carolina, like, hands it to them or something and then, you know, it might be indicative of things to come, or or vice versa, if they lay it to North Carolina. I, I don't know. I think that, that week one game is going to be huge, and so t- we'll see. Uh, I don't really know otherwise. Georgia Tech, I have no idea. The triple option. Try to think of where else to go, because I want to go off book here. Was there anything else actually on the on the football field that we didn't cover. I'm trying to think. They didn't have remarkable special teams. Um, they have Isaiah McKenzie, who's a really, oh, that's true. really good. And he's going to get some reps at wide receiver, obviously, as well. Um, so, I mean, that's that's also a bright spot. Yeah, it's a good point. But where I did want to go next is how how does this just happen at Georgia? It seems like they, they have some kind of curse on them in terms of players just getting arrested because they have. So they have already since Kirby Smart got there, and this was just a cursory search that I did right before. Uh, they have one kid get dismissed in May for having seven arrests or something. Uh, oh, wait, th- three arrests in seven months. Uh, <laughs> seven arrests, same thing. That's never good. What is it with Georgia? Because Mark Richt isn't losing control of this team anymore. Like... <laughs> It's I do I still say that when I see like Georgia player arrested. Um I, I still have the habit of doing that, especially on Twitter, of saying Mark Ricks is, is still losing control of his program. <laughs> Somehow uh he's retroactively losing control of his players. It's just something with Georgia. Because it's for all intents and purposes, it's been a pretty uneventful off season. I, I wanna say last season it was just like one thing after another where you had all these guys getting in trouble. Uh, but this offseason, it really, am I overlooking anything? There really hasn't been any big, like, wow, I guess Dak Prescott, he got a DUI right before the draft. 
But I think that was pretty much it. But just Georgia, somehow, they have this magnetic force that gives them players that go out and do stupid things. I do want to talk about Florida and your take on Florida. I don't know exactly how I'll sell this. It's a Georgia preview, but look, you went to Florida. And in Knoxville, it's the only thing people are talking about. I I, uh, host a radio show from 3 to 6 daily here. And I swear, every single day, we spend at least a 15-minute segment talking about the Florida game. Um, And your view of that team this year. We'll try to tie it into Georgia and just talk about the team in general and maybe not necessarily just the Tennessee-Florida game. But that... Um, how how are you viewing that team? Because they're, besides Tennessee, they're kind of the, the SEC East favorite. Yeah, I think that a lot of that hinges on who the quarterback is for Florida. It's looking like it's going to be Luke Del Rio... Um, and, and if he performs well, I mean, I think the biggest decline for Florida in the back end of last season was having Treon Harris under center. Treon Harris is not a good fit for Jim McElwain's system. So, we, obviously, Will Greer's gone. You, you have to replace him. So, you have a guy with Luke, Luke Del Rio. You know, he's a coach's son, obviously. Spent some time at Alabama and Oregon State. He was in Gainesville all season last year, um, but he wasn't on scholarship. He got that finally, I think it was like a couple weeks ago, actually, it was made official. Um, I, I think that's honestly the biggest thing because, you know, in the offensive line, they did some rebuilding last year. I think that unit's going to be improved. Um, the wide receiving core, Antonio Callaway, he's currently, his status is kind of up in the air at this point. McElwain's been really quiet on on his status. He's apparently taking classes. He's on campus, um, but he's not with the team technically, according to Jim McElwain. So honestly, it's I, I think it's going to center around Luke Del Rio, and if he can successfully execute Jim McElwain's offense, because that was the biggest part of Florida's magical season, at least for the first half was having Will Greer, who was, was able to, to make the plays and make the throws. I know Tennessee fans know that all too well. Um, so I think that's going to be key. But you look at what happened last year with them at the, the end of that season, the horrible showing they put against Vanderbilt and FAU and then that Alabama game and closing it out by getting just blown out by Michigan. Um, it it kind of leaves a question mark in people's minds when looking at Florida this year. How do you see the, the SEC East? Uh, it, are you buying into the Tennessee, the hype train? Cause I will say, I mean, I've seen this team up close and I haven't seen all the other teams up close, just sight unseen on everybody else. But having seen Tennessee, they mm. are as good talent wise in the, in the starting 22 players as Alabama. And, and I've gotten some flack for saying that, but I, I believe that 100%. Do you uh, buy that from what you've seen? I think that's fair, honestly. Um, Tennessee should have beaten Florida both last year and in 2014. Um, mm, don't don't, I don't remind know us. Why they, they keep, I, I know. Um, I actually watched the end of the Florida game from last year, and 
I tweeted during the fourth quarter. I think Tennessee was up by like 20-something, or it was like 17. Uh, thir- they got up by 13, 13 in the fourth quarter. Okay. And I just remember, like I tweeted, I still don't know how Tennessee let this game slip away nine months later. Um, <laughs> I think that if, I really think that if Tennessee doesn't win the East this year, and I hate to, you know, knock Butch Jones because he's such a great coach and he's done a really good job recruiting and, and getting Tennessee in the right direction back to where they were. But I think that's when the the pressure is going to start on Butch Jones, especially if he loses to Florida three straight years in a row with that game being at home for Tennessee. Um, I think, honestly, that's the biggest hurdle for, for Tennessee. And obviously yeah. you – you add on to that that Florida's won the last 11 games. I mean, I'm sure Tennessee players say we don't think about that. But I, I think fans and, and players really do. And it, it sometimes can affect the outcomes of these games. Now, I can tell you 100% it is truly, right now, it is the only thing Tennessee fans are, are thinking about. They they don't even consider the fact that that Virginia Tech game is going to happen before the Florida game. Like, <laughs> they, they don't care it's all about that game. And also Appalachian State. Appalachian State's good. Like they're ten and yeah. two last year. They're picked to uh win the Sun Belt. And Tennessee fans are just like it all it's Florida. It's Florida. And I <laughs> legitimately Well Tennessee- really because I mean, in terms of what I think Tennessee fan what any SEC East team fan wants to see is to win an SEC East title. Florida's the first step doing that. And then of course you get Georgia. Uh, the following week. So, and the good news for Tennessee is those games come back to back and they come early in the season. So the rest of those, I mean, Texas A&M, Alabama, those are obviously West teams. South Carolina, if y'all lose to Will Muschamp, I just... (laughs) Just phone it in for the rest of the year. Uh, You can't be helped. Uh, And then Kentucky and Missouri and Vanderbilt. Those are wins. You have to think... it just is so far in Tennessee's head. Like the question that I know Tennessee fans would want me to ask you as somebody who knows about Florida is something like, who is the guy that, that we don't know about that is going to beat Tennessee this year? Uh, because like last year it was Will Greer in the fourth quarter the year before, I mm-hmm. believe it was uh Treon Harris who came in after Jeff Driscoll sucked it up yeah. for a quarter. Uh, the year before that Jeff Driscoll goes out and then uh, whoever that backup quarterback was uh, torches Tennessee. Jacoby Brissett. I believe. Yeah. Jacoby freaking where is that guy? Uh, NC Brissett state. Or Tyler Murphy. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was one of those dual threat guys. Um, and- <laughs> And it just, it just never seems to end with Florida. And I've said last year that that loss for Tennessee, it was the single most painful, just like soul crushing loss yeah. I, I think I've ever seen uh, in my time watching Tennessee sports. So it's just like ten feet deep in in everybody's mind. So that one was was definitely worse than losing in Knoxville the year prior because I was in I was actually in Knoxville in the press box for that game. I was I there. Remember, I was on the field for the last um, I guess it was 
90 seconds or something, you could go down. And I heard um, the the chant from Neilan, "Fu must champ." Um, at the end of that, because so, he came over, so he came over to the student section and like taunted him. <laughs> like yeah. you can't do that. And then he, I think Maria Taylor interviewed him, and he was like, "All these people pissed off. I'm happy." Yeah, like he he was just a total, total douche after that. And uh, the last season was worse, though, from the Tennessee. Strictly because you were on the road, you were clearly, clearly the better team. Like the year before, it was like you were pretty much neck and neck with Florida. Then last Mm -hmm. year, Tennessee completely passed Florida. They were better than Florida in almost every facet of that game uh, and still managed to blow it and blow it in such a spectacular fashion. Fourth and 17, if I'm remembering correctly. And not yeah, they don't right. just get the first down on fourth and 17 <laughs> because that game still might, if if they just tackle uh, the guy who caught that ball, you know, that Tennessee might so, have won. That was Antonio Callaway. I think yeah, it was. if you have a guy to keep an eye on, it's got to be... Tyree Cleveland, um, he was the number two overall wide receiver last year. He's from Houston, Texas. Um, he's really, really fast. And um, he was actually one of the two um, that was involved in that BB gun shooting. Uh, I, I think he's going to be, depending on you know if there's a suspension, if not for Cleveland, um, he's going to be the guy to watch, definitely. Hmm. Well noted, but just get your prediction. This is this is what I've been doing at the end of every preview, and I'll get your prediction for Georgia and for Florida for this upcoming season since you are also a Florida pundit. How do you think uh, they fare in the 2016 season? I think Florida wins around seven or eight games just because I'm not so sure about the quarterback position. Uh, the defense is really, really good in the secondary. Um, replacing some guys up front, but it's not terrible. But I think seven or eight wins just because their schedule. I mean, Tennessee, I think Tennessee can and should win that game this season. Uh, Georgia's always a toss up. FSU, I'll chalk that up as a loss. Um, and, and LSU, I'd say, is a loss as well. So seven or eight wins for Florida. Georgia, um, like we talked about earlier, I mean, their home schedule is really, really favorable. Um, I'm not going to pick them to win UN to beat UNC right now. Um, I, I don't think Georgia wins 10 games. I, I think – the highest Georgia can win is, is nine. Um, so let's say nine or eight games. But I think Tennessee pulls out the SEC East this year. Um, and if they don't, I, I really think it's going to be because they lose to Florida. Don't don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you can't say I'm wrong. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's games. the worst part. I just, I, like, I, I just, it's. And I'm, you know, I'm coming from technically a Florida perspective. Tennessee should have won both of those games. So, mm. and and the fact that that I mean, basically everybody in Florida would admit that like Tennessee should have won both of those oh, yeah. games and going away, Absolutely. really, <laughs> and, and uh, still Florida, Florida won. And 
I'll say this. I told Trevor, <laughs> Trevor's sick of this. If it's if anything is indicative of Florida and like their program in terms of how Tennessee fans see them was last season against Vanderbilt. Florida plays one of the worst football games I believe I've ever seen. It's so bad. Was an embarrassment to the game of football. That that entire game. Not just Florida, Vanderbilt too. It just sucked all around. Uh but the it came down Vanderbilt, I guess Florida had a, like a 45 yard field goal to win more or less it gave them the lead uh and they didn't have a field goal kicker they had like a dentist as a field goal kicker or something and you know every everybody was like yeah and and everybody was like holy crap Vanderbilt is about to beat Florida like this team that was about to win the SEC East like it was just like he's gonna miss this because he couldn't make like a 22 yard field goal earlier in the game and then he ju- he nails this forty-five-yard field goal to beat Vanderbilt, and it's just like that—that's it. That's Florida right there, <laughs> in a in a nutshell. Just everything they get those breaks. That's what happens when when you cheer for for Florida. It's I like, think that that's kind of the lasting effects of Wilma's Champ. Um, <laughs> like like I just go back to the Wilma's Champ. Um, 2014 Tennessee game. They shouldn't have won that game. Um, I, I think that's reminiscent of Will Muschamp. But now he's in South Carolina, and he'll come back to Gainesville this year, which will be interesting. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, but anyway, I actually do <laughs> I have to go get some uh, go somewhere. Morgan Moriarty, fanbuzz.com, uh, Cox Media Group, and what's your Twitter handle? Um, it is at Morgan underscore Moriarty, M-O-R-I-A-R-T-Y. Awesome. Great stuff. Definitely going to have to have you back. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, 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 hey.